Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. Tonight, if you will, let's begin over in the book of Psalms, chapter 34. Let's begin there. Get all my ducks in a row here. Psalms 34. I've been studying the subject of peace. Glory to God. Has this been helping anybody? Get your peace back. Amen. Verse 14. Let me read it here. Let me find it. Verse 14. 16, 15, 14. Depart from evil. Isn't that a good word? Depart from evil and do good. Seek, now notice this, seek peace and pursue it. Everybody say, seek peace and pursue it. Now, I, I uh, just about anything that you want to manifest in your life that belongs to you because of redemption and that which God has done for us in Christ, you're going to have to seek it and you're going to have to pursue it. You say, well, it belongs to me. Yeah, but you've got to bring it out of that unseen realm into the realm in which you can enjoy it. I have a friend right now who's dealing with some, some health issues that are pretty dire. and He's a very good Christian man. But the, the, the denomination that he's a part of does not believe in healing. So I'm trying to help him uh, uh, receive his healing. And one of the things I, I've said to him, I said, you're going to have to pursue this. You're going to have to go after it. It's not just saying, oh Lord, heal me, and then sitting around waiting for something to happen. You're going to have to pursue it. Now, peace is the same way. Listen to it in the Amplified. I like it in the Amplified. It says, depart from evil and do good. Everybody say, do good. It says, seek, inquire, and crave peace. And pursue, go after it. Everybody say, go after it. So you're going to have to go after it. You say, well, Pastor, I've got some areas of my life that are... You know, I've got, I need peace in this relationship. I need peace in my marriage. I need peace. Well, you're going to have to go after it. Amen. Now, uh, let me just say something. I saw this the other day. I thought it was alarming. It says the most undesirable, not the most dangerous, the most dangerous job in America is not law enforcement. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's those guys up, those crazy guys up there catching crabs in the, in the, in the, uh, the deadliest catch. Did you know that's the most, they, they, they rate that as the most dangerous job in America. So I don't want to go up there and catch crabs. It's too cold and I don't like crabs that much anyway. Amen? But they say the most undesirable job is pastoring. That there's no job in America more undesirable than pastoring. Amen? Now, I, you know, I don't agree with that because I'm a pastor and I like it. God gave me that calling and, and I enjoy it. But there are things about it that you have to do in pastoring that if you do not do them, you're not going to have any peace. And I'm, I know pastors, I've been around pastors that live life, it's like they're walking on eggshells. They, they really have, they, they, they have no life outside of ministry. They get so caught up in issues I mean, if somebody comes against the faith doctrine or prosperity, it's like they want to go on the war path. You know, other things that go on, they're just all stirred up. And there's been many times when I've had to tell people, you know, just calm down. 
I'm talking about other pastors, other ministers. Just calm down, get a hold of yourself and recognize and realize that many times pastors especially make things worse or make things out worse than they really are and they don't realize you're standing under the God of the universe. You're His gift to the body of Christ. Now, many areas, and I'm going to show you some things tonight to how I've done this, not only in, as a pastor, but also just as a minister, how I have pursued peace, because a lot of people don't understand how to do that, how to, how to go after peace. Now, with that in mind, real quick, go to, whoops, I found it here. Go to Isaiah. I want to show you something real quick, because we're going to pull this together into the day and hour in which we live. Because I'm going to tell you something, church. Be so careful with how you embrace what's going on in this world. Because I'm telling you, it will steal your peace and it will be, listen, it will be even more difficult to keep your peace in the days ahead if we're not careful. Amen? Because there are some crazy things going on out there and there are some crazy things being played. The Lord gave us a word during prayer tonight about fuses being lit. I'll have to go back and listen to it. But how the enemy has some fuses he wants to light and how the church, if it'll pray, it'll, he'll, he'll rain and wet those fuses. They won't be able to be lit. We need a summer of peace. Amen. Amen. We need a summer of peace in this nation. Now I want you to see this in the, in the scripture. Isaiah chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 5 says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. And that put darkness for light, and light for darkness, and put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes, and prudent in their own sight. Now you want to talk about describing society right now. That's it. There's a lot of people looking at things and saying, that's good. And that's bad. That's dark. And, and they've got it just the opposite. Now let me just, don't get mad at them. Don't get mad at them. Listen, don't get, don't get mad at the newscasters. Don't get, get, don't get mad. You say, why? Listen, if they're not born again, they can't see, understand, or comprehend the kingdom of God. They don't know what you know. They don't have what you have. And it is your commission to reach them with the love and the peace of God so that they can see what God's really like. We can't get caught up in a fight against darkness, against evil, against bitterness. We have to overcome it. Whatever you fight, you're going to pull on yourself. I, there was one precious minister too, and I mean just a good preacher and pastor, built a mega church before mega churches were even known. But man, he got caught up in this fight. He's going to fight and he's going he's gonna to go out to San Francisco and pull down the, 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 the demonic force uh, that, that reigned over that city. And bless his heart, he got in a fight, not realizing the fight had already been won. And he pulled that stuff down upon himself. He lost his church. He lost his ministry. He lost his family. Listen, I've used this illustration before. It's really good. If we were, if we were to, to, to load up the bus and the cars and take everybody down to the, to the most you know, a uh, rowdy beer joint in, in, in Galveston and tell everybody, what are we going to do? We're going to go in there and pick a fight. Right, so, you know, we do it after the service. 
We've been in praise. We've been in worship. We've been teaching the word. We've been loving one another. So we go in there and we get in this just knock down, drag out fight. The police come, drag us all out. Now let me ask you a question. Are they going to smell like they've been at Island Church worshiping God or are you going to smell like you've been in a beer joint? You're going to smell like you've been in a beer joint. You say, why? Because the enemy is always trying to get you into a fight knowing that you may figure out that it's a fight that you've already won, but if I can engage you in the fight, I can smear on you what I got. That's why you got to stand in the victory. Everybody say, stand in the victory. Say, stand in the victory. With that understanding, you've got to understand (laughs) and be ready to live in the world that we live in. Now let me say that again. You've got to be ready to live in the world that we live in. Where at any moment you can get up and cut on your TV and oh no, the whole world's gone crazy. Amen. I remember uh, on uh, 9-11, back in 2001, uh, September, September the 9th, 2001, I believe it was on a Tuesday. I was asleep and Leah, somebody from the church called and Leah came in and said, you got to come see this. And so I got up, and it was before the second plane crashed into the second building. And I stood there for at least, I'm telling you, for at least five to seven minutes, and I didn't know what I was looking at. I didn't know what I was looking at. And while I was looking at a burning building with a gaping hole in it, here comes another airplane. and just goes right through that next building. And then I really didn't know what I was looking at. And I thought to myself, what is going on here? What is happening here? You know, and you try to, that's why you've got to be so careful with your mind that tries to rationalize everything. Amen? Because you can observe things that are going on and see things, and you see on the surface many times, it's kind of like a sickness or a disease. It gets on the inside, but then there's an outward manifestation. And you're thinking to yourself, what is it? What's wrong with me on the inside that's causing these things to manifest on the outside and it really doesn't do any good to go in and treat the outward unless you take care of the inward. And much of what we're seeing right now is an outward manifestation of inward problems. Amen. 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 And let me just say something. The world system delights in carrying on ancient battles that have been going on and on and on and on since the fall in the garden. Amen? In the family, since Cain and Abel. In society, you name it. Listen, he loves, he delights. He's had 6,000 years to study humanity and he knows how to mess them up. He's doing it now in in an incredible pace, in an incredible way. So look at these areas real quick. You have to be ready to live in a world that can cause you offense in which there's sin and iniquity out of control in which just your existence in this world is conducive to fear. Amen? But listen, God wants you to be at peace. That that inward calm delight, that shalom, that wholeness, all the assemblies of parts put back together put back together the way they were before Adam fell in the garden. Now let me say this. Be very careful of the manipulation of the world system. The world system, listen, witchcraft came out 
of the world system. Witchcraft manifests itself through intimidation, manipulation, and control. And right now, the most powerful manifestations of intimidation, manipulation, and control are going on out in the world. We cannot allow that to encroach upon the church, and you cannot allow that to encroach upon you as a believer. On every level, you've got, you've got to be very careful not only what you hear, but how you hear it. Because what the intention of the God of this world is, which is Satan, is he is trying to set literally man against man, nation against nation, ethnic background against ethnic background. He is for wars and rumors of wars. There is no peace in him whatsoever. And he literally manifests his kingdom through intimidation, manipulation, and control. I was talking with a friend of mine who's a missionary the other day. He asked me this question. He said, Rusty, who has the power to send a text, to write a letter, to send an email, or to personally go to a president, a prime minister, a king, or a dictator and tell them, you shut down your country, you shut down your economy, and you stop functioning as a nation. You do it right now. Who has the power to do that? Who has the power to do that? The God of this world. How does He do it? Through intimidation, through manipulation, and through control. That's the way He does it. Now, if you will, go all the way back to the book of James. This is where we left off last week. Sunday we ended up there in Romans. Kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. James chapter 3, the last verse there, verse 18. Let me read this in the King James and in the Amplified. Then I'm going to come read it in my passion. I've been really enjoying doing a Bible study of my passion Bible. I really like it. It's pretty cool. Let me get it here. James chapter 3, verse 18. The fruit, everybody say the fruit of righteousness is sown. Everybody say is sown. Now, how many would agree that to sow is to act? That's right. Amen. Is sown in peace of them that make peace. Everybody say make peace. Now, let me read the Amplified. It says, the harvest of righteousness, of conformity to God's will in thought and deed, is the fruit of the seed sown in peace, by those who work for and make peace in themselves and in others, that peace which means concord agreement and harmony between individuals with undisturbedness in a peaceful mind, free from fears and agitating passions. You ever had an agitating passion? And moral conflict. Now, let me read just a moment in my... In my I'm going to begin to read from, whew, those are some little letters. I mean, those are really little. Not the letters, but the numbers. I'm going to get you in the right verse here. Verse 13. Verse 13. It says, if you consider yourself to be wise and one who understands the ways of God, advertise it with, beautiful, with a beautiful, faithful life. Guided by wisdom and generous, uh, gentleness. So if you're going to live for God, advertise it. Amen. 
How do you advertise it? With beautiful, fruitful, amen, a beautiful, fruitful life with wisdom and gentleness. Never brag or boast about what you've done. And prove that you're truly wise. Now let me just say this, clear everything up. I never brag or boast or try to occur unto myself the success of that which God produces. All my life of ministry, I have determined this. Everything that is successful, everything that works, any forward motion or, or momentum we get, it's all because of Him, and I give Him all the glory. Amen. Everything that is wrong, everything that is messed up, everything that causes trauma, turmoil, it's not because of anybody at Island Church, it's only because of me. Amen? You got that? Now that will help you understand what I'm fixing to teach you this tonight. And I'm going to tell you, there are people that if you will hear this tonight, it will give you such a breakthrough in your life. Peace will come. True peace will come into your life. And I guarantee you, the turmoil of life will be removed from you and you're going to understand how that peace is going to be able to guide you out of many of the circumstances that you're in right now. Now notice what it says here. Never brag or boast about what you've done and you'll prove you're truly wise. But if there is a but if there but if there is bitter jealousy or competition hiding in your heart, then don't deny it and try to compensate it for it by boasting and being phony. Amen. Don't do that. For that has nothing to do with God's heavenly wisdom, but can be best described as the wisdom of this world both selfishly and devilish. So wherever jealousy and selfishness are uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of meanness. You ever uncover some meanness? <laughs> Amen. It says, but wisdom from above is always pure. Now notice this, filled with peace. Amen. Considerate, teachable, it is filled with love, it never displays prejudice or hypocrisy in any form, and always bears the beautiful fruit of righteousness. Good seeds, now get this in your spirit, good seeds of wisdom's fruit will be planted with peaceful acts by those who cherish making Peace. I've, you've got to hear this in your spirit. Let me read this again. Good seeds of wisdom's fruit will be planted with peaceful acts, not words. Did you get that? Not words. With peaceful acts by those who what? Cherish making peace. Now, one of our problems that we have is we don't understand each other. I'm going to teach some things on helping you to understand people that you fellowship with and are in relationship with. Amen? Because if you don't understand it, Satan will make sure you get crossways. He'll make sure you get offended. And listen, the number one person that Satan wants you offended at in Island Church is me. That's right. It's me. 
He doesn't want you liking me. He wants you to think everything I do is stupid. He wants you to think that I'm inept at what I do. But if you'll understand me. So one of your best, one of your biggest assignments is to understand your pastor and understand how he operates and understand how he works. My biggest fault is I pre-assume that people know what I know and they don't. They just don't know it. They just don't know it. Now, in acts, everybody say acts. My acts of love. I, I can't speak for anybody else, but my, uh, I guess people call it the love language that you walk in. Mine, it's got to be divine because I, I never was like that when I didn't serve God. But once I serve God, I am a giver. I give to people. Amen. I pray about giving. Uh, somebody recently, I, I just was really, for lack of a better term, I was disappointed, but I wanted to bless them. I wanted to give them a large amount of money. And the Lord spoke to me and said, don't do it. And I kind of argued with God. I said, well, Lord, uh, you, know, uh, you know, they're going to need it because of a decision they're making. And the Lord spoke to me again. He said, don't do it. And I said, well, Lord, can you explain that to me? And I'll never forget what the Lord said. He said, it's none of your business. Just obey me. Don't do it. So I didn't do it. But I wanted to do it because I knew just through words, because see, that's many times you get sideways with someone, you get messed up with someone, you get offended with someone, and you go with words. And once you begin with words, what does that do? That exacerbates the problem. Because words many times lead to arguments. Amen. So for years, I've always done what? I've always given. I've always given gifts. You say, Pastor, you've given me a lot of gifts since I've been coming to Island Church. It's because I've been trying to make peace with you. You're going to have to hear what I'm saying. I'm doing my best to make peace. That's my expression of love. That is my act of wisdom. I, can't, I don't have words to pull things. To, and listen, I, in, my, in dealing with people over the years, I'm amazed at how people will take words and they'll, they'll go in a circle. They'll start out talking like this. They'll, they'll come around the corner and be talking. By the next thing you know, they've got the whole thing confused. You can't bring a bunch of words into a situation. When the situation has been inflamed by acts, it needs to be cured by acts so that peace will come. Yes. Amen. That's why I don't talk to people a lot. You say, why? Because if I do, I'm going to rub your fur the wrong way. I'm very dogmatic in what I believe. I'm very guarded of the church. Amen. And so therefore, you can come challenge me with something. And when you come challenge me with that, what do you think is going to happen? Come on, church. Now listen. If you want some other kind of weak need. Rubber backbone pastor, you're going to have to go find you one. But as hard as I fight for the church, I fight for you. My goodness, if you get cancer, if you go through bankruptcy, if you're in a divorce, I'm going to be the best friend you ever had. I've been reading some stuff about pastors because I've been disappointed in a few this past couple of weeks. And so I started studying the Revolutionary War and how pastors led the first militias. And that the first casualties of the war were pastors. Because they recognized the oppression and the tyranny of England against the colonies. And knew that they couldn't worship God like they wanted to until they had a nation. But I thank God for the pastors. And then when was it? Last night. Yeah, I tried to get you to stay up and watch this movie. 
It's a true story about a town in Norway. Um, I, man, I, I didn't get the name of it because I came in after been going about five minutes. I started watching it. And they had this pastor and he wore this long robe and he had this collar that looked like a clown collar. And it was just kind of, just kind of this, you know, just, just, and what had happened, it's a true story. The Germans had come and occupied this fishing village in Norway. And these Norwegians, they're pretty hard-headed. They were like, we're not going to bow. We're not going to bow. We're going to just, we're going to resist you. We don't like you. They tried to uh, steal their fishing boats. They took their fishing boats up the, up the coast and hit them. And everything the Germans tried to do, uh, you know, to put a, a, a foot of authority upon them, uh, they just rejected it. And that came to blows. One of them actually escaped out of there, went to England, got in touch with the, the, the intelligence people of England, and, and, and uh, uh, had arms. They, uh, a submarine came at a certain time, and they brought in uh, 5,000 rounds of ammunition, 100 rifles, and three Thompson machine guns with 500 rounds for each machine gun and two cases of hand grenades. Now they're ready. And the pastor's like, no, no. Don't do it. We're peaceable people. And you know, World War II was beginning to really, to really become an issue. I mean, this, this, was, this was in 1943, so it was, it was tough. And so uh, uh, some of those German soldiers abused and attacked some of the young ladies of the, of the village uh, at the command of their, of their commander to try and bring them into submission. Well, when they did, man, man, them old Norwegians, they rose up. And they, before anything could happen, they grabbed the leaders and they lined them up, <coughs> excuse me, they lined them up in the, you know, many of the churches back then, they had the graveyards right next to the church. So they lined them up in order to make them dig their own graves. And so here's the pastor, and the pastor had this little mousy secretary. You know, she was just kind of this real kind of a wimpy little girl and just really didn't seem very strong. And the pastor, he seemed to be the same way. So they're digging their graves. And as they're digging the graves, the Germans said, that's enough. Now, you know, stand, stand in front of you. And, and he brought in the troops and he lined them all up. And they, they put a shell in their gun and they raised their gun to shoot. There was 10 of them to shoot them. And the pastor stepped up to the window with a machine gun and shot them all dead. <laughs> and the little mouse, the little mousy uh, 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 secretary had a rifle, and she was boom, and they're trying to run, boom, they're trying to run, boom, trying to run. What are that? That was their congregation down there. That was the members of their church down there. Listen, any, even in somebody that may seem kind of mousy and weak, they still got a fight on the inside of them for the church because they recognize and realize that that church is a place of protection against deception. And in this hour, you need some protection against deception and you need some peace in your heart, especially at your church. Amen. Now, in other relationships in your life, some of you, I'll tell you by the Holy Ghost, you've tried to fix them. You've had some sessions with whoever it is that you're estranged from, tried to, quote, talk things out. You ever notice how that always leaves things unfinished? Just leaves it unfinished. Your key to peace in that situation is an act. It may be a giving. It may be an act of kindness, an act of compassion, an act of love. It may, whatever it may be, you need to seek God for your what? What does it say here? For your, for your good seeds 
of wisdom's fruit will be planted with... You need to believe God for your peaceful act. Now, I read another translation. It said this. It said... Let me think if I can remember it. I should have wrote it down. It says, good seeds of wisdom's fruit... It says it will be planted by those who initiate peace. Now let me tell you what we do. This is the human side of us that needs to be redeemed. That needs to walk in redemption's power. You, you know what it is? It's standing over here in, in offense, in fear, whatever it may be, and saying, well, you know, I ain't doing nothing. I ain't doing nothing because it ain't my fault. Which is what, really? What is that really? That's pride. I don't care what anybody does to you. I don't care how they do it to you. If you're waiting for them to come to you to initiate an act of peace, it ain't going to happen. You have to make a decision to do it. You've got to make it. And listen, let me just say this. I've done things for people that I thought that would really help bring peace, and it didn't. I've given. I've given money. I've given things, and I've thought that will heal it, and it didn't. But here's what it did for me. It restored my peace. I can't restore your peace, but I can sure restore my peace. And if you will work on initiating, doing something that wisdom dictates for you to do, if you will do that and act upon it, you will sow those wisdom seeds, and the fruit of that wisdom will manifest in peace in that situation. Amen? Don't look. Listen to me. I'm going to warn you. Don't look for that in the world. Don't look for that in the world. They're not going to do that. That's not a rule. That's not a... Listen, that's not something they operate by. They operate just the opposite of that. They don't want peace. They want to fight. Listen, there are people that feel like they deserve a fight. They feel like they deserve it. The problem with the fight, just like we talked about, you're going to get some stuff smeared on your life that's regrettable. You don't want to live... Where's Greg Fritz when we need him? You don't want to live a life of regrets, always regretting things that you did here, things you, places you went, people you offended, all this kind of stuff. Listen, all that does is create a life of no peace whatsoever. What did we read in Psalms? You're going to have to go after it. You're going to have to pursue it. You know, I thank God for, for our nation and how, especially during those times of bitter war, in which uh, the nation literally tried many times, especially in the Pacific Theater, because I've kind of studied that more than I have the European Theater, but especially in the uh, Pacific Theater where we, we were kind of by ourselves, except with a little bit of Australia and Britain, but, but we bore the brunt of that. And how many times... The, the, the nation tried to bring Japan into peace and peace talks, and they wouldn't have it. They wouldn't have it. Did you know they even told them? As, a, as much of a secret as the atom bomb was, did you know they told them, we have a bomb? We have a bomb. One bomb that we can drop on you, and it can annihilate a city. And they laughed. They laughed. And could you imagine the decision of, of making that decision to do that? Well, I don't believe that was right. How many of us would not even be here today unless that bomb was dropped? 
that our grandfathers would have died in an invasion of Japan where they were estimating there would be a million casualties. They had to do it for peace sake. That's in the world. That's in the world system. The only way you get peace in the world system, which is always fleeting, it's always ink on a paper that really amounts to nothing. The only way you do it is you become the strongest, the most well-armed. You, 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 you turn your industrial might on and you just basically wear the others down till they're forced to make peace. The problem is that is we've adopt, adopt, adopted that into our personal lives. And that's not God's way. That's not God's wisdom. God's wisdom is to what? It's to find acts of peace, to pursue it, to initiate. Listen, let me just say this right up front, and I'll close with this. My time's almost up. Is this helping anybody? Listen, I don't know who it may be. It may be a mother-in-law. It may be a brother-in-law. It may be a neighbor. It may be. I don't know who in your life it may be. I don't know who in your life it may be. But don't sit around embittered like the world and stew in that bitterness day after day, week after week, month after month. Do not get used to living outside the boundaries of peace. Pray, get on your knees, ask God, because God knows acts of peace which you can perform that if nothing else are going to give you peace. You'll have peace. I can't, I can't speak for the situation. I believe God with you that any situation can be healed. But especially between two Christians. Especially between brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? And we must as a people in this day and hour, as we see who we are, as we see the composition of our church, we talked about this the other day, one of the great values of our church is the diversity that we have. Amen? We don't have segregation. Well, we got some good black folks. We got some good Hispanic folks. We got some good white folks. We got some good... No, we got some good folks. We take all those labels off. We're all redeemed by the blood. See, they're trying to keep those labels on and make it all work. It never works with labels. I like what one old preacher said. He said, when you go up, all the labels fall off. When you go down, they all burn off. Either way, they're not going to work for you. Amen? <laughs> there are acts of kindness, acts of compassion, acts of peace, things that the wisdom of God will say to you. Don't sit around waiting for somebody else to make this thing right. You go make it right. And when you do that, I guarantee you that, oh, and it's amazing how it'll touch many areas. It'll touch your finances. It'll touch your health. And here's the thing about it. Let me just say this. Inside of a church, did you know those types of acts of kindness and compassion, giving, love, whatever it may be, that you have a, did you know that becomes contagious among the righteous? Let me say that again. That becomes contagious. Someone will hear of it. Someone will see it. Someone will notice it. Someone else will see it. Someone else will notice it. They'll initiate it. They'll initiate it. Someone else will. And next thing you know, you've got an entire congregation that's at peace with itself and ready to do the will of God. 
That's one of the most awesome things. The enemy knows that. That's why he fights tooth and nail. He tries to do everything he can do to, des to destroy the peace of men and women's lives, the peace of churches. He tries to do everything. Look what he's doing right now. And the problem is that stuff gets into churches and it just destroys them. But not Island Church. We have acts of kindness, wisdom's seeds, sown through acts of kindness. We're going to manifest in the shalom of God and make everything okay again. Amen? You love the Lord. Lift up your hands. Heavenly Father, we worship you tonight. Lord, we glorify your name. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for your word. And Father, we ask tonight, Lord, you said if any man or woman, woman lack wisdom, let them ask of the Lord. So we ask of you, Lord, not for the wisdom of the world, which is earthly, sensual, and devilish, but for your wisdom, Lord, that will empower us to perform acts of wisdom which will manifest in the peace of God. We thank you for that, Father. Lord, we know the end result of our faith it's not our confession, but how we act on our confession. Lord, we know the end result of our love is not what we say about love, but how we act in love. And Father, we know that peace comes when we act in wisdom in order to produce that which brings peace to our life. Lord, I pray for every person that may have an issue with a brother, with a sister, with maybe someone in their immediate family, with a neighbor, with a co-worker, with a boss, with a pastor or a minister. Anybody, Lord, who the peace has been breached in their heart and their life. Lord, that they would pursue it, go after it, pray and seek you, Lord, for you know the exact act that will manifest in the peace of God and bring that situation to an end and a close so that all may progress in your goodness, in your mercy, and in your strength. We thank you for that, Father. We believe we receive it. We shall have it in Jesus' name. Now, Father, as we leave tonight, as is our custom, we claim the protection and safety afforded us by your word. Thanking you, Heavenly Father. No evil befalls us. No plague comes to our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. So we declare in our travels on the highways, airways, seaways, railways, any other way of travel or transportation. We also thank you in the righteous labor of our hands, at our jobs and in our business. We are protected from trauma, terror, evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. Thank you, Father, that we abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Lord, that we are placed within the feathers of your wings, that wings that cover the mercy seat. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, let us ever be aware of the door of utterance afforded us. As believers and as a church, let us be an answer to people's prayer, a problem to the adversary. Let us be a miracle in people's lives especially in this day and hour. Let us bring peace 
to whole households. In Jesus' name we ask. Fathers, we leave tonight. We walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much. We walk in love toward one another. Thank you for Island Church. And we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.